When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey y'all, it's Alante, and you're listening to Black and in Grad School, the podcast that helps women and people of color like you excel in this journey. If you're listening, I believe you are an aspiring or current scholar who wants to successfully navigate this process by sharing my experience while pursuing my PhD and interviewing other Black graduate students or early career professionals. It is my hope that you can glean encouragement, advice, and strategies that you can apply to your journey. Thanks for listening. What's up? What's up? Hey, and thanks for joining this episode of Black and in Grad School. Guess what? We are celebrating today, y'all. Two years in the podcast game. Oh, my gosh. Been doing this for literally two years, talking about and sharing my experiences through this grad school journey, talking with other black graduate students, early career professionals about their life uh, in grad school and their life after getting insight, advice, tips, tools, tricks, everything you need to really excel and flourish while you're in grad school. And I just want to thank you for rocking with me, whether this is the umpteenth umpest, uh, episode you're listening to, <laughs> because you've been rocking with me since the first day, or if this is the first episode you ever listened to because you just discovered Black and in grad school and everyone in between, I want to just take a moment to thank you again for believing or considering the show and following on pot, you know, following on social media, et cetera. I'm, little bit I'm a little bit in shock like oh wow two years past that I've been you know sharing my journey and in the same breath it kind of feels like nothing has changed even though I know a lot of, a lot has I've done a lot of growing in between but it's kind of like wow when did when did two years go by and why do I feel like there's so much more to do there's so much we haven't covered and haven't talked about yet and so like the work and the grind continues you know with that, um, we're going to start, as we always do, with Lessons from the Trap. I couldn't think of a good one um, for the anniversary episode, so I thought it would be fun to kind of just go back and pick some of my favorite Lessons from the Trap from over these last two years. Check it out. So I went to a super OD. Um, this song is by Lil Wayne and Rick Ross called Shot to the Heart. And this is on um, Rick Ross's uh section of the song whatever and it's just three bars three lines I thought were like really amazing so determined to be the best not looking back no regrets how many people you bless is how you measure success and I I feel like how much does that ring true I think especially for us in academia you know even though as scholars we get our own merit and acknowledgement for the work that we do but all the work Every piece of research that anyone does, you know, is not only self-serving. It also serves, you know, the greater good. And it is something that helps either other researchers 
or the, you know, the public at large. And so, you know, as we move through this graduate school experience or those of us who are considering going to graduate school and knowing that there's something bigger to our work beyond just um, us making it through and getting our publications, et cetera, et cetera. But really, we do make an impact uh, through the work that we do. This week's lesson from the trap is from none other than 21 Savage and J. Cole because they have this song called A Lot that I like a lot. And it's a really good song. I mean, it's on the radio. It's relatively popular. I'm going to try and make a lesson out of it. We'll see what happens. Okay, go with me. <laughs> like for real. So uh, he says, I'm on a money routine. I don't want smoke. I want cream. I don't want no more comparisons. This is a marathon and I'm aware I've been playing the back from a lack of promotions. I was never one for the bragging and boasting. I guess I was hoping the music would speak for itself, but the people want everything else. Okay, no problem. I'll show up on everyone's album and you know what the outcome will be. All right. That's a lot, right? So the first part, love it. I'm on a money routine. I don't want smoke. I want cream. I don't want no problems. I'm here to get this money. Boom. This is a marathon. That in itself, this is, I feel like it's very easy for us to apply this to grad school. We know it is a marathon, no matter what degree you're getting, master's, MSW, PhD, EDD, you know, uh, DRPH, MD, you know, if I got some med students and some lawyers listening to, to the podcast, thank you. I appreciate it. We know that this is a time commitment and there are steps to this process that are in place because you have to test and practice that you can actually make the full marathon, right? You got to go on practice runs. That's our qualifying exams, our oral exams, you know, that first paper, et cetera, et cetera, to show that we can really complete the marathon, which is the dissertation and the defense. And I like that. So then he says, I'm aware I've been playing the back from a lack of promotions. I was never the one for bragging and boasting and I just feel like that's maybe more personal for me in the thought of like you know sometimes in my personal life or in my professional life or even you know in trying to grow this brand I'm like man I kind of feel like I've been playing the back too like I've been chilling and because I'm not one for bragging and boasting I'm not one for like look at what I'm doing here and there and putting myself out there in that way has always been like not as natural for me and so I get it and so I just really relate to that and I, and then it was like I guess I was hoping the music would speak for itself but the people want everything else okay no problem I'll show up on everyone's album you know what the outcome will be really the last part is what I'm trying to focus on okay you know what the outcome will be you got the claps because the outcome is we out here about to get these degrees and about to be done Today, I'm going to pick Never Recover by Lil Baby, Gunna, and Drake. Okay, number one, like, this is just listen to this song because legit, like, they all go in and it's just really, like, a deep adult beat, just a really, really, like, good vibe. I love this. It. Definitely on my summer list, right? But one, two lines that Drake say, because you always got a little something in there, is, um, Look at my story, man. No one could write it. Now I see a million. I don't get excited. And every time I hear that, I'm like, yes, 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 yes. It's going to be me. I want it to be me. Um, first part is, right? And, you know, we're going to grad school. Um, some of us, like myself, you know, are the first in our families to get a PhD, to earn a PhD. And as such, you're the first to go to grad school. Maybe you're the first graduating from college, you know, 
when Drake is, when I think about him saying, look at my story, no one could write it, you know, I think about, it's so crazy, as a researcher, right, we predict and we create models to predict things that will happen. And the conditions of my existence as a child, only child of a single parent who, when I was, when I was born, did not have a college education, um, who, you know, was working two jobs and I was always had a baby to the house and other things, you know, about our story, you, those, the, the math does not add up to, um, an engineering PhD student, right? The conditions are, are not, uh, set up or the way that we are, we see the world and not produce this outcome. And I'm sure, I know I'm not the only one who has that experience, has that feeling or that knowledge in your head. Like, yeah, the way that our world is set up, I'm, they didn't expect me to be here. I'm not going to say I'm not supposed to be here because that's not true because we are. Um, and so I just love that line. And then really just trying to move forward and press forward as as a person who wants to get some money, I do want to see a million and I get excited at some point, you know, because right now, $20, I get excited. I'm trying to make it where, you know, $1,000, i am not excited. $10,000, i am not excited. $20,000, i am not excited. $100,000, half a million, i am not excited. You know, and then you hit that million and you don't even care anymore. Like, what? Just, I just love it because I feel like, I feel it. I try to speak that positivity into my life, speak that money into my life. And so, um, speaking into yours too. Today's lesson from the trap is different a little bit. It's not even a song, actually. It is uh, Bloomsville by Tracy G, who creates audio vision boards, which are affirmations set to some really cool kind of ethereal kind of beats. And I fangirl for Tracy G, if you listened to or sat in on the grad school success summit or listen to I'm sure I've mentioned her throughout the podcast on multiple episodes um but yes Tracy G has been really one of those like internet like people that I've really 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 clung to I'm not really much for the influencer scene but Tracy G and the work that she does the creativity that she has and the realness that she presents in her platform and her work I just absolutely love and so I just wanted to share again all of the amazingness that is Tracy G with y'all as having her for lesson from the trap here's a little background about me right every single Monday morning I play my Tracy G playlist that is how I start my week Um, as I'm getting dressed or getting on the bus I'm playing that and that's what I'm listening to and kind of like thinking to myself and the very first song I play is Bloomsville and Bloomsville she has all these amazing phrases these are affirmations and she leaves you space to also say them back which I really love and some that I really enjoy I don't want to like perform her work but um The one that I want to talk about today is I know there's always rooting before blossoming. This is one of two, three, four, five, six, seven, like easily 10 to 15 affirmations she says on Bloomsville. um, In addition to the rest that I listen to uh, from Love, Light, and that good shit. And there's always rooting for before blossoming is just. It took me a while for that particular affirmation to even really sink in 
beat for me. It was like, yeah, you know, rooting before blossoming, duh, of course, but I like it. I like the beat. Um, that's the one thing I also love about listening to these is there are, I can even track my growth in how different affirmations resonate because I'm growing and those spaces are becoming more obvious to me and I'm seeing them and feeling them and et cetera. So uh, there's always rooting before blossoming. It's, it, it, it's, it's obvious, but in the same breath to, to understand it and then to feel it, I think are two different things. So yes, we do understand that in order for something to grow, it had to spend time underground. It had to spend time processing and going through a process that we could not see. And I think that sometimes in life, I won't even say just grad school, we don't really want to take the time to deal with what's happening underground or to go through the process that's underground. We want just the process that is the blossom, the pretty part, the part that is visual to everybody. And in grad school, a lot of what we do is the rooting, you know, because even though in some parts, right, when you think about in your educational matriculation, where I mean, any to get a high school di- diploma and degree is a you know a bloom, as is an undergraduate degree, and then as is a is a master's and a PhD, EDD, JD, etc. So these are like let's think of each one as its own flower, and so now you have like a bouquet when you get to the PhD, and so that's very beautiful. But in life, graduate school really isn't the blossom. That is the beginning. You're not even in your career yet most of the time. You are going to embark on your career or you're amplifying your career in a way with the degree. And so when we think about it that way, sometimes it's a little bit less fun because in grad school, the process in which you're sowing is intelligence and, and information and knowledge and skills building and networking and all of this rooting And I just kind of, when that hit me, that's when I made this, the lesson from the trap. It was like, yeah, this is, this whole time I've been thinking about this graduate program and this as the blossom. And I realize now as I'm going further along, like, wow, this is the rooting. It's not even the blossoming yet. Wow. How exciting is that? But uh, it's a different perspective and it was a mindset shift for myself. And I just wanted to share that with you and uh, also just give a major shout out to Tracy G. I freaking love Tracy G. Oh my gosh. She's so awesome. And, um, you know, if you ever listen to Tracy G, just know that I'm like, I stand, I stand. I know you actually know because I email you. All right. So I really hope you enjoy those lessons from the trap. So next I want to just share some of the things that I've learned through these last two years of podcasting. And they all kind of like bleed into each other. Stuff I've learned about school, things I've learned about my life and and who I am as a person and things I've learned about podcasting in general, which I feel like brings me right into like the first lesson I want to discuss from my two years of podcasting is the importance of segments and stories within this bigger story that's the entire podcast I've spent the last probably this like second half of the year I've ended up spending a lot of time having conversations with 
individuals interested in starting podcasts. And as such, I kind of been able to think through what are some of the most important pieces of podcasting. Um, One of them I'm saving to the end, but the first piece is segments. So as you all know, we have lessons from the trap, typically like some sort of story time and then like my takeaways from said story. That's the way most of the solo episodes go. And then interview episodes are a series of questions that are based on what we're talking about and what they say. And we end with lessons from the trap. Lessons from the trap is probably the highlight of my creativity as it relates to any endeavor, honestly, like something about this entire process I just absolutely adore like it's just been so fun to do for so many reasons uh literally my homegirl Shay was like of course you would find motivation in a strip club anthem and I just chuckle every time I think about that because why not you know there's so much to our stories regardless of how they're being delivered you know in this podcast in a rap song about our grit, our persistence, our ability to make something out of nothing. And um, I just enjoy being able to connect those two in such a fun way on the podcast. Like, legit, we're talking about, you know, we're all like, this is my thought, right? This is my little, you know, philosophy is that we're all in some proverbial trap house trap house right um you can consider academia the trap house you can consider corporate america the trap house there's there are power dynamics there are politics there's a certain um language that is necessary to navigate any of those spaces there are people who are bad actors in those spaces there are people who are hoping to make something good out of it or create something good from it right because always we've heard of even like drug dealers who used to pass out turkeys or give money to the poor in their neighborhood you know same as we hear about researchers doing the same thing in their neighborhoods and providing a value add to communities and building communities um not saying that they're necessarily equivalent I'm just saying that there is some good that comes out of any of these kind of like entities um as well as bad right um also the idea of There are individuals who live and breathe the life that comes along with their uh, given like role or their, their, their career, you know, and then there are others who are just doing this work again in all of these spaces, trap house, academia, corporate to get to the next level or to move and put themselves in a better position for what they really want to do. There are all of these things are true for all these different spaces. And I feel like they're really not as different as we try to make them out to be. And as such, that's why I think also I enjoy it because the motivation is the, the, the source is still motivation. The source is still um, for some a passion. The source is still for others, you know, uh, storytelling. There's a lot, there's just so much there, right? It's just very rich. And I think that's why there's so many layers to it that I just have a lot of fun with it. And, I, and so that's probably my favorite segment and why I'm kind of like proud of the work that I've done as it relates to Lessons from the Trap. And I'm hoping to capitalize on that. I'm going to share with you three clips of some of the most popular episodes and we're going to hear from Damar, Alana and Yusuf. I'm in the support staff because really it came down to things that I could control. 
Like, you know, because sometimes I, I think it's really hard to know everything that gets weighed out into an admissions decision or like any decision, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are certain things that are within our control and there are certain things that aren't. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And that all comes mm-hmm. down to like, how am I crafting my narrative? How am mm-hmm. I defining and saying explicitly, like, why do I want to be a sociologist? Mm-hmm. I want to be a sociologist because of this, this and that. That's literally, you know, among the things I could control, why I didn't get into programs. Um, right. But then when I focused on that the second time, like, you know, things went well. But I also think, too, like, it's, you know, for me, I'm the kind of person who, you know, not everyone agrees on this. I believe you should chase your passion. When you chase the things that you care about, the things you love to do, yes. you, you dive further into your purpose. Mm-hmm. And if you're just chasing lot things that are logical or things that are like, you know, make financial sense, you got to do those things, too. But at the same time, like, at the core... Like, I believe that you have to find, like, what is your why? Like, you have to stick to what you know your why is. Like, you have to follow your passion. You have to follow your purpose. You have to know yourself well enough to know, like, what do you understand your calling to be and what you're driven to do that's going to make you happy intrinsically? Because you're going to bring that to your work every day. Mm -hmm. And so I think I'm the kind of person who, and I realize too, like, you know, getting to a PhD program anywhere is a feat. So it's like, it's hard. And in particular, when you're going to an institution that's as elite as yours or mine, it's going to be really hard, even for those of us who get in. Like, it's, it's, a, it's, it's not an easy process because, but, you know, so I think to that end, you know, I had to, you know, show that and I had to find it within myself to just say, you know, I know that I'm more than capable of not only getting past this process, but thriving on the other side. Because I believe so much in what my purpose is that I can't let just an initial no steer me away from, you know, what I'm meant to do and how I'm meant to walk the earth. Yeah. Yeah. I like wholeheartedly, like, I wish y'all saw me like giving him the church finger, like, yes, like I totally, totally agree, you know, um, that we have to really follow our passion and I really love also you know the shift that you made you know you stopped and you focused on what you could control which was your packet that's what you had control over and so you focused and put your your you know your best foot forward again on the second try the second run and it's so funny like it's low-key funny that you were like it's not always gonna make financial sense completely or you know you gotta be considerate but like sometimes I really do feel like um and tell me how you feel like academia is still or like grad school at least even if you decide not to do academia grad school is still like while the opportunity cost for like 401k and all that is pretty rough I still would argue that it's a at least for a passion that's like low pay it's not nothing like you can at least eat (laughs) they make sure like your basics are covered Right. Um, and not many other situations are going to make sure you at least have a roof over your head and the basics to, to follow what it is that you want to pursue. Yeah, I, I even think, you know, there is also a way to leverage do other things which can help make you money while you're still a student, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and so to the extent that people are concerned about like finances, like being in PhD programs, there's a lot of transferable skills and there's a lot of I mean, uh, not everybody ends up going off to be faculty. And so there's ways to kind of leverage that positionality, like while you're in a program, not just at the end, um, which people should think about, you know, as they're maybe potentially considering like pursuing a program, not pursuing. I think, but you're right. Like 
and literally i just recorded an episode about side hustles and ways to make a little bit of side money um long term and uh short term which actually because it's out it's going to be out already i talked about life entrepreneurship i'm plugging nlc they owe us some yeah. money the episode but i really <laughs> did you know i talked about life entrepreneurship and how that helps you to really think about long-term income and long-term revenue and income generating opportunities, especially us as academics or, you know, us with advanced degrees. So this is just full circle right now, honestly. Um, Okay. My next question is um, you talked about adjusting. You gave us that. And as you're talking about your family and I really do want to know like what, like tell us just like a little bit about your work. I know you were starting to tell a story about your family and um, what it's been like having that like personal perspective and connection to a story with police brutality and being a black man and being in grad school and studying this topic. Yeah, no, so I think, um, so how I go about answering that is just to say that like, I think one of the fights one of the things that people often who study things that are not seen as traditionally academic or who study things that um, might somehow involve their own subjectivity and their own experiences, their own positionality, you know, that work gets labeled as me search, right? And, you know, I think that, you know, I'm somebody who is of the opinion that we have to study, those of us who are in a position to do work on things that matter to us should and ought to. Um, so for me, I think, you know, I have to be very, about how I bring that forward in different academic spaces might vary because not everybody wants to know, not everyone needs to know, you know, about what my family's been through, what my friends have been through. Um, and, you know, I also am very careful about, about naming and not naming people right? Because there's real life consequences to naming people. Um, but it's something that I think it also helps remind me that what I'm here to do, like there's actual consequences to me not doing this work. Been really working to balance your, you know, all, all these parts of yourself, right? Keeping your full self balanced while you're uh, journey, going through this journey. And so during a conversation we had, because um, Alana is a part of our private community called the Scholar Circle, and so when we're talking and meeting, you brought up like this really, I mean, I feel like everyone's mind like was like, like a mind blown emoji going on when you said this, like the difference between restorative, re- it was like restorative and something else. Yeah, the difference between uh, relaxing and restoring, or like the difference between resting and recharging. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, when we had our session this summer, uh, there was one point in the middle of July, like I came home after, let's see, I was working, finishing my internship, the mm-hmm. master's in social work program I'm in. You have to do two different internships. Uh, and the one that I did this semester, well, I did it from January to July, which yeah. is a long time, but it was, that was part-time. Uh, and then also I had class this summer. So I was just really run down. I was helping somebody start a summer program uh, right. for kids in the area. And so mm-hmm. just a lot of things happening. And I came home one day and I just like fell on my living room floor 
<laughs> I told my partner, so I can't do this no more. Like I just have to chill out. And then I like stayed there for a day and a half, just mm. not doing anything. Yeah. Like just gonna lay here, brought me all kinds of junk food to eat. Like it was fantastic, but also like I just needed that time to stop. And then I felt like, okay, I sat here, I got some rest. That's awesome. And then by Tuesday, the following week, I was back to that feeling of just like run down and didn't have anything left to give. I kept feeling that a lot. And so I brought it up with my therapist. Um, she mentioned that concept to me probably a couple months ago about, yeah, the difference between resting and restoring. Mm -hmm. And she was telling me that even though I took the specific time to stop and not do anything, that only, you know, if it's, if you're looking at a gas gauge, you know, I only put like a dollar's worth of gas back in the tank, right? As opposed to, um, I don't know, in my mind, restoring is like filling the gas tank back up if it's on it from empty. And so I had to really think through the difference between those two things and not even really realizing that there was one. When she said it to me the first time, I was like, oh, I guess there is a major difference. Right. I mean, it really, <laughs> yeah, that was a, the major aha moment I think that all of us had was like, mm-hmm. oh, there really is a difference between, I don't know, I think of resting is like taking, like if you're watching something and you pause it. Right. And then if you think about restoring something, it's like rewinding it and starting it over. And um, I just had not really thought about or realized that there was a difference even. And so, um, yeah, it's been interesting to to try to figure out what each one of those things are for me and when I can do each one and how to do each one and all of that. Mm -hmm. Because at the end of the day, well, they each take time in some way, shape or form. Right. And so feeling like or figuring out how much time I can devote to, okay, yeah, I can stop and watch this episode of whatever for however long it is, but then I got to get back to it to make sure I'm getting everything done on time. Yeah. I, um, when I, as we were talking, I kind of thought of like this analogy, right? Like, like, and it's kind of a piggyback on what you were saying, but I want to expand it. You were like, you know, when you feel like when you're resting, you're like putting a dollar back in into your tank, right? But mm-hmm. when you think about it, like when you are low on gas, you have to, and you if you turn your car off, you are not putting more gas into the car. Yeah, that's exactly right. You know, you're simply stopping. You have to go to the gas station and fill your tank to fill back up. And yep. so I felt like that was like, oh, right. So rest is turning the engine off, period. Right. Right. But restoration is going to the gas station, whatever your gas station might be, whatever activities those include, and filling yourself back up. And so we start talking about it, and then we start training. And actually, a funny thing about um, when this all started happening, I auditioned for grad school, because I auditioned for grad school twice. I didn't know that. And the first year I auditioned for grad school, I got all these amazing callbacks at Yale, waitlisted at Brown, final 16 at UCSD, and callback at Lambda, and like all this like crazy good stuff. And I ended up on my ass for a year in Santa Fe, you know? But mm-hmm. I had spent all year prepping with John, working on these pieces, doing this thing. And then I, I went to grad school in, in San Francisco and I laid it out with like three of my best friends. Um, and I could have went to UCLA, but the guy who was running the program was kind of crazy. 
and I did, it was just wasn't my vibe and I didn't want to go. Okay. And the first year audition, I got no yeses. I got a bunch of closes. I got a bunch of maybes. I got a bunch of next times, but no yeses. Okay. And I had to reassess everything. Like I was broken. Like it, I remember crying in my bed, um, like not able to move, like looking at the emails all over again, like asking like, can you tell me what I need to do? Can you tell, you know, <laughs> it was so, so, it was such a sad story the first time around, but I knew that it was for a reason. Like I knew my success was inevitable and I knew that it was um, going to happen. It was just, this was a piece where I needed to learn something different and didn't need it to be there. Mm. Um so that's how I started my grad school thing. Like then I started getting traction because I knew that I didn't get into grad school. I knew the reason I didn't get in wasn't because I wasn't talented. That's what I knew, you know, because I saw the other people in the room. I saw, you know, and you, 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 when you spend your time in education, you're able to see eventually what teachers are talking about. You know what I mean? When you talk about the caliber of what people bring to the table, their level of truth, their level of honesty, especially when it comes to performance, like you can start to spot it. And I knew it wasn't because I couldn't do the thing. I knew it wasn't because I didn't have the skills or the ability, but there was something about me and the way I brought myself into the room that was not attractive, that was not um, appealing to a grad school program. And having been in, once I got in, I understood. I was like, oh, I see. Well, okay, I, so wait, wait, let's, let's pause on that. What was, yeah. <laughs> what was this un- thing that you realized once you got in that I guess wasn't there before? I was so results driven. I Like the oh. first time I went around for my grad school audition, I was like, all right, tell me if I'm in. <laughs> I was like, I don't want to play any of these games. I don't want to. <laughs> I, and every time that I, everything that I moved around the room with, I had so much pressure, not only on myself, but I was putting pressure on the circumstance, on the environment. And I was not having fun, you okay. know, because I was stressed. I was stressed about whether or not I would get in. I was stressed about what I would do in this program. I was all this self-imposed pressure and resistance to the circumstances that I was in only created more distance from the success that was inevitable. Weren't all three just like amazing? The reason that Damar's episode was included is that was the most downloaded podcast guest episode this year. Um, I think that he shares so much, such a powerful story about his experience and how he is so closely tied to his work and his mindset as he does his work that I think a lot of people appreciate it and wanted to get beyond, get behind. Um, I also included Alana's episode because it was like the, the most downloaded within like a couple of days, like the two days after Alana's episode dropped, there were like two or almost 3000 downloads, which that is not my norm. Okay. At all, at all. So I know how needed and I recognize how needed that particular episode is and how do we take better care of ourselves as grad students, um, even just as people. And what is the difference between rest and restoration? I just, that was such a fun episode to do. And the fact that it was such an organic 
connect like conversation and output from that from the scholar circle to the podcast um just was really a, a great moment for for the podcast and for what I'm trying to create here and lastly I mean, it's definitely not biased, even though it can sound like it because this is my cousin, but I really, I personally loved Yusuf's episode. I also really got the most comments, like people sending me messages, people sending me emails about Yusuf's um, story and how much it resonated with them. Yusuf is such a special person. I love him so much, truly. Um, But I think that what he shared about just really believing in yourself and believing that you're going to be successful. And so just getting involved, more involved intentionally about your process is just so amazing. So I love him so much, obviously. Um, I've, I've enjoyed all of these episodes and I love that everyone I've talked, that I've just even mentioned are in totally different fields, totally different parts of their careers um, as well. So just like the richness of our guests, the range of experiences that they have and the insight they provide just makes for, I think a really great um, show. And that's why I hope, you know, a reason some of you all keep coming back is that these interviews and these conversations are helpful to you. Almost last is, um, Another reason why I hope y'all come back is like the transparency of this show. You know, I'm all about being honest. When I went, when I finished my master's program and I I feel like sometimes I I, like don't want to be a broken record, but I really was like so depressed and unhappy after, as I finished and I was in a really unhappy place and I felt very resent, like I had a lot of resentment. Like, why didn't anyone tell me what to expect? What was going to happen? Why didn't anybody like pull me aside and be like, sis, just be prepared for X, Y, and Z. I just was really upset. Um, but what I do typically, I'm an action oriented person, which I am grateful for. Cause I was like, here's what's going to happen. No one else is going to have to deal with this, or at least I'm going to do what I can to make sure that doesn't happen. How can I do that? Um, There were a couple of things like this week. I'm going to share with y'all the very first episode technically of Black and in grad school that's never been released. And I just was like, nobody else that I I don't want anyone else to go through what I have just been through. I don't want anyone else to go through what I just been through, period. And I was really adamant about that. And that has been a motivation behind sharing some of my like not so great moments and some and the wins right on this podcast is I don't want anyone else to be surprised this way that I got surprised. Something my mother used to say is cheat off my homework. You know, I know it's funny because I'm talking about grad school and it's not right. But there are lessons in life that some of us learn that I really believe and she has taught me that we don't have to watch others make those same mistakes or make those same decisions or they can just be more informed moving forward and that is what I'm doing cheat off of my homework I can tell you what didn't go right I can tell you what I was freaking out about and what you probably will freak out about in the future and therefore here are some resources and strategies to get through that that is what I'm hoping to bring out and um, so I'm gonna include some of those honest moments that I've shared over this last year with you. This, you know, this project that I am giving my attention to, I'm aware of it. I'm deciding to do it because I'm committed to it. And I think that commitment, again, kind of shifts you away from always feeling like you're missing out on stuff when you decide not to do things. 
this is coming from being in my third year. Now, my first year, I was not into it. I, it was a very harsh switch for me. Happy hour, um, travel Alante to now this very studious, focused, not hitting these streets or getting these passport stamps, but okay with the Alante. For example, I am shutting things down at this point. Like, yeah, I'm not coming to that. 2020, I will not be seeing y'all. If y'all want to see me, y'all can come visit me. I will be working, you know, like legit. And it's not even a regret. Like this is what I've decided to do. I've committed to getting this PhD. Y'all not going to get it for me. I have to get it. So I'm going to see y'all on the other end when it's done. And again, it just makes a big difference. And I just love Big Sean's song because it just gives me that energy of I made this decision. I get to do this work and I'm excited and I'm in tune and I'm focused, etc. Okay. This is probably the most, uh, I don't want to say relevant to the podcast, but I'm sure you've noticed like a change in the way that I share information on the podcast. I feel like before you were getting like a blow by blow every week and I don't do that as much. And the reason is, um, I listened to Brene Brown's Daring Greatly over Christmas break. And she had a really great piece and kind of thought about, you know, vulnerability isn't like an overshare or a dumping of emotions. And sometimes you have to like take some time, especially when you start sharing it on public platforms to first process it and then share the information from a, a different place, like a play a little bit more removed and for me, that has been important because uh, I know like there's episodes of me crying on here and I think that's fine. I don't like have an issue with it. I don't think that it was inappropriate, but I do think that there is merit in me taking the time to do some more work and growth before I come sharing information with you. All right. Another thing that I love about Having this podcast is building this community. I mean, my heart is so full. Like literally last week I shared on my Instagram story how I did a presentation back in 2017 and I have 465 followers. And when I tell you that meant the world to me, um, and it still does mean the world to me. And the fact that we're at over 3000 followers on Twitter and Instagram, Whoa, you know, my mind is blown and I just feel so grateful that so many of you all trust me <laughs> at this point. Um, it just, it, I, I don't know. It just is it's mind blowing. And I just, I just feel a lot of gratitude, but the community is something that I think is so important. It reminds me so much of like my time at A&T where there was no, there was there was no individual effort you know we're all it was always like we're all going to get through that through this and that's how i feel about this grad school community that we are building earlier this year i made a goal not even earlier this year last year i told you all my goal was to talk to 50 people one on one this year i met 40 Oh my gosh. So just five more, you know, so if you want to talk to me, shoot me a DM, send me an email, you know, uh, send me a a DM on Twitter, whatever, so that we can connect um, and I can reach my goal, but also of like just supporting one another. I think that that is something I um, 
I've always been passionate about. I've always been like a group person. Like I always feel like I do better in group study. I do better in group activities. Um, even though I am learning, I'm appreciating my solitude a lot more. But when it comes to bigger things, I'm very much so just grateful and um, wanting to have just like a large group in this network in this community and connecting that that has always been I, I, I believe a part of my calling is to connect um it's shown up in a lot of different ways in my life uh th- even from beforehand when I had the happening the pop the pop-up brunch in Detroit you know my favorite thing was connecting people that was my favorite part oh you haven't met so-and-so you need to meet so-and-so that that is something that I, that I really love and I get to do all the time with Black and in grad school is connecting people to one another and again just just strengthening this this network and this pipeline of graduate students and future scholars and, and thought leaders and decision makers to be connected to one another. That's so powerful and exciting and I'm just I'm very grateful for it. Um And I'm just excited to see what happens in the next year of Black and in grad school as it relates to building and creating community, because I definitely have some ideas coming down the pipeline. The number one thing that I've learned is that consistency unlocks everything and consistency in the podcast has carried over into so many parts of my life and recognizing where I am or I am not being consistent and how I'm not growing or I'm not making progress as a result. And um, that for me, I think has been probably the greatest lesson that I've really have had an opportunity to master through the podcast is becoming better at being consistent and the beauty and the power of incremental progress. I feel like I'm someone who likes to, pretty much sit down and do a thing and get it over with. But there's no way I can sit down and chronicle my journey in one sitting. Like that's just impossible because things change and it's a journey, right? So this has given me an opportunity again to get out of practice and being consistent. And I think it has, like I said, it carried over into my personal life. And like I've consistently been going to therapy. I've been consistently working out. Shout out to my workout buddy. B, um, you know, I've consistently been just taking better care of myself and also consistently making progress through this program because I share a lot of those things with you all. And there's kind of like this amazing thing that has happened when there are moments when I'm not motivated to do this work. Maybe, I mean, on both sides from, I don't, maybe I'm not in the mood to do the podcast work or I'm not in the mood to do my graduate school work. They feed each other in such a beautiful way where I'm like, well, I, I need to get this work done because I can't be telling other people or sharing parts of a story. Um, and I'm not doing that work outside of the podcast, right? Like they kind of feed each other. Like I can't really have any new content if I don't do the work, <laughs> like do my research work or do my any other grad school related activities and vice versa. Like times when I might not want to do the podcast, I recognize that the work that I'm doing is going to help me create content, help me to um, share something I've learned with you all. So they really have been um, really, like I said, this really great synergistic relationship that has come from it that uh, that is to me rooted in the consistency. 
And um, for that alone, I feel like is is an amazing gift. So that wraps up this anniversary episode. Again, I just want to express my gratitude for you as a listener, a follower of Black and in Grad School for um, listening. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I, I just I'm so grateful. And I'm, I am really excited for the next year of Black and in Grad School and continuing to share my journey and grow with you all. So until next time, remember, grad school's tough, but you're tougher. Two years. Thanks again for listening to this episode of Black and in Grad School. For more content to help you on your grad school journey, check out blackandgradschool.com. That's B-L-K-I-N gradschool.com. Love this episode? Head over to Apple Podcasts to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. It's very much appreciated. Until next time. Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.